Hello everyone, I'm Kevin Miller and this is The Ziggler Show. In this episode, good sales come from questions. Well, sales classes here, folks. I've got a five-minute message on sales expertise from Zig Ziglar, where he simply states, questions are the answer. And he digs into the three types of questions in his need analysis with the goal to establish trust. He also covers the difference between motivating and manipulating your prospect. This, again, sales, Ziegler sales, 101. And what amazes me is how in today's world, as you'll hear us talk about in the show, so few people and companies know and follow successful sales structure. Well, from Zig's message, I ask this question to the Ziegler Show audience. What questions, uh, question or questions, reveal whether someone is a good prospect for your product or service? Well, lots of replies uh, came in. And I did a lot of questioning back to clarify people's products and services amongst different industries and how they're literally using questions in their businesses. Uh, some of, the, of you, uh, of course, who are not doing uh, it well, there's a lot of people and you're going to see that they're, they're missing some of it. And just, Tom and I just talk about the nuances of this and the value of asking the right questions. And as you're going to hear, one of the main ones is why? Why do you want this product or service? So for all the business owners and salespeople in the Ziegler audience, this is a show for you. And if you know Ziegler and our belief that everyone is in sales as sales is influenced, then you know the show is for everyone listening. We'll start with a five-minute message from Zig Ziegler right after I share some great products and services with you. Questions are the answer, beginning with need analysis. Question, what is the best way to begin the sales presentation? Answer, with questions. What is the purpose of beginning with questions? Questions allow us to gather important information, which enables us to help our clients, and just as importantly, maybe more importantly, when we ask questions in a professional manner, we establish the most important aspect of the sales process, trust. The sales profession of the 90s must clearly understand that the sales prospect of the 90s is not only better informed, but is more cynical than any consumer in history. There has been so much marketing emphasis through the media, radio, TV, and print that today's consumer is very sophisticated. Questions are important, but a series of obvious questions designed to lead the prospect through the hoops and manipulate them to the point of reaching into their pockets to dig out their hard-earned dollars for you or me is not unlike a root canal without Novocaine. The prospect will not tolerate it. As professionals, we need to motivate the prospect to share their needs, wants, problems, and interest with us so we can motivate them to use our services to solve their problem. This brings us to an ethical question, and ethics is the foundation upon which we must build our career. What is the difference between motivation and manipulation? Unfortunately, these terms are often confused, but to compare motivation to manipulation is like comparing kindness to deceit. The difference lies in the intent of the person. Motivation will cause people to act out of free choice and desire, while manipulation often results in forced compliance. One is ethical and long-lasting, and the other is unethical and temporary. 
So, how do you ask the kind of questions that allow you to do a proper need analysis to begin your sales presentation? Well, there are three basic types of questions that allow us to discover the needs and wants of our clients and potential customers. And all questions, be they emotional or logical, fall into one of these three categories. The first is the open-door questions. Open-door questions allow the person being questioned to go wherever they like with their response. After all, your purpose is not to close in the prospect. You want them to move freely in the areas of their choosing. With the open-door question, the wants, needs, desires, ideas, and opinions of the prospect are the focal points. You have imposed nothing and shown a sincere interest in your client. Open-door questions are identified as the who, what, where, when, how, and why questions. They may also begin with the phrases, what do you think about, or how do you feel about. One of the major errors we make in asking open-door questions is to supply the answers. You're not giving a multiple-choice test. When you ask open-door questions, there will often be a moment of silence. While this can be terribly uncomfortable, a pause is often necessary for the person to form an insightful and intelligent response to your questions. Please avoid offering answers to the question based on your discomfort or the desire to show your insights into the situation. Salespeople are traditionally poor in this area. However, you will find there is a direct correlation between your commission check, dollar volume results, and your ability to ask open-door questions and then listen to the answer. The second kind of question is the closed-door question. If an open-door question is designed to allow the prospect to move freely wherever their thoughts take them, then the closed-door question is designed to keep them in a certain area for clarification or embellishment. We begin closed-door questions with phrases like, Would you tell me more about? Or, That's fascinating. What do you mean by? The third type of question is the yes or no question. This question demands a direct response. However, we will only use this question when we already know the answer. The danger of this kind of question is that if it is overused, it may be perceived as patronizing. Yes or no questions allow you to test the waters and check on your progress in the sales process. Some trainers call these questions trial closes because they can tell you if you are getting buy-in from the prospect based on the response. All right. Well, this is a classic Ziegler show because we're going to talk about sales, one of the things nearest and dearest to the Ziegler family. And as your dear father, Tom, said, everybody is in sales. I, I, I Sometimes I feel like that's the biggest message ever. I wish that the culture would get that, that we are all selling all the time. We're all influencing all the time for better or worse. We better all go get trained. Everybody need, we need a Ziegler class in every school. <laughs> Amen to that. I mean, if, if you have ever been on a date, you made a sale. If you, yeah. if you have kids, you've got to, you know, you've, you've got to convince them to do things. If you work in an organization with a, for the boss, uh, you know, you've got to sell your ideas. So it doesn't matter whether you're typically like a true salesperson selling something or you're just out in life selling ideas and getting people to take action on things that you know are good for you and good for them. 
Yeah. So this, uh, on this, now there's lots of pieces of sales, but on this, in the podcast, uh, I know folks are listening live on Facebook, but in the podcast, people will have heard a five minute clip from Zig Ziglar and he talks about a needs analysis. And the bottom line is saying, okay, if you have a prospect, somebody who is viable for your product or service or your kid who is viable to do the chores you tell them to or not to do, whatever it may be. Uh, but this is saying, is this person in a, in a, in a true sales standpoint, you know, is this person viable for the product or service? Is it really good for them? Uh, and in, in, do I want to work with this person both ways? We've got a lot of coaches, a lot of consultants, a lot of realtors, a lot of people who have products or services, especially services who we need to be vetting the people that we are in front of us as prospects to make sure, are we a good fit for them? So this all comes before the almighty dollar and we've got to have faith, uh, you know, to come into all these sales opportunities with, I, I, for me, Tom, it's walkaway power. If I don't come in with walkaway power, then I'm coming in with, I need to make the sale and I probably won't do a good job, job of caring for the other person's interest adequately. And that's what this show's about. Awesome. You know, one of the questions that I've been dealing with a lot is, you know, in this strange environment that we're in, uh, in all the decisions that are being made and businesses being shut down, somebody asked me, they said, well, how do you know if it's a good decision if what you're doing is the right thing. And so here's kind of a baseline uh, question that I ask. Uh, is what I'm doing benefiting me at the expense of someone else? Yeah. And, you know, what we talk about at Ziegler, what dad talked about is that selling, it's always for the benefit of whoever that you're doing business with. They're the ones who win if the transaction happens, both sides should always win, but you're doing it for their benefit. And so that's kind of the foundation that we come at from Ziggler. If, if you win and they lose, that's not what we're talking about. We don't, we don't encourage that. We think it's wrong. It has to be a transaction, a relationship where both parties win. And that right there is what, as you know, and everybody's probably experienced, gives sales as that term a bad name, which is why I like to use influence. It's the same thing. But yeah, we've all probably been, you know, somebody's tried to sell to us and maybe they weren't being bad or malicious in it, but they were just trying to make the sale. They believed in their product and they just knew you needed to have it. And I've had that happen to me and I did not need to have it. Matter of fact, I didn't want anything to do with that. And if they'd asked the right questions, they would have known that. And we would have kept a good rapport instead of me feeling very disappointed with the interaction. So the question that I posted on Facebook and for everybody listening here, um, I post the questions at my personal, actually my personal uh, Facebook page, Kevin, uh, agent K Miller. And you can do that. But I post a question just about every week. The one I did this time was what question or questions reveal whether someone is a good prospect for your product or service. Pretty simple uh, statement there. So here's, I'm just going to, Tom and I are just going to read down through some of the comments and discuss the topics that they bring up. So Evan here, he says, I guess uh, for him, it depends on the product or service. It would be along the line of their pain points for not having whatever product or service it is. And I said, well, what about you and your specific business? He's a realtor. 
He said, great question. A lot of times, uh, by the time people want to work with me, they've made up their mind. They want to do the transaction, but do they want to do it with him or not? So it is more about a personal fit. He tries to tell him how he may be a little bit different, gives them package op- options to choose from so that they can choose which one uh, fits them. And I ask again, what questions in their interests Uh, to validate if a certain house is really best for them, does he ask? And he says, I do a buyer's consultation where we do address their needs and their wants. And he says, I try to uh, understand them. If they're older and they're going to be in a house for a long time, do they really want two stories or are they going to want ultimately, you know, one story? Uh, what are some of the future plans they have for this house and yada, yada. So again, doing a good job, Tom, we do have in the Ziegler audience and as a part of Ziegler, a lot of realtors, a lot of folks doing sales. I mean, house buying is still a, a big deal, but the stats, when I was back involved with realtors and lenders were incredibly, incredibly small for people who reused, uh, you know, repeated business with a realtor or lender. And back then we did the stats and there were really bad numbers, even for how, how far into the future do you even remember your realtor or your lender? Incredibly, incredibly low stats on that. And I think this is part of it. We go in there, we think, you know, just help them buy a house, help them sell a house, uh, and get the commission, get done instead of building a relationship and then continuing to stay in contact and nurture that relationship. You know, and, and, I, and I think that's a little bit different uh, situation that we've got to look at when you, when, and I, the way I was raised, the way dad Zig Ziglar uh, taught me and my sisters is that sales is about relationship. And I remember we were, my wife and I, this is our own home buying experience. We were buying our first house. And I said, dad, do you know of a good realtor? And so he introduced us to this lady. Her name was Penny McGid. And she was, you know, sh- she was near retirement and she, she had been doing it a long time. And let me tell you something. She took care of it from the beginning to the end. And then she followed up with us. We got a gift afterwards. We got cards from her regularly. And I found out her whole story. And she'd gotten a call out of a blue to, to help somebody out to go show a house. And she ended up showing this executive and his wife a house. They bought it on the first day. And it was the two of the top people at JCPenney. And JCPenney had just announced they were moving their headquarters to the Plano, Texas area. Hmm. And she ended up servicing and working with, like, I don't know if it was hundreds, but it was up there bringing their whole corporate executive team in. And it had to do with her philosophy of relationship. Hey, you know what? We're going to do you good here and we're going to do you good in the future. Whatever you need, what can we do? Hey, Tom, you know, talking about realtors, I had a, I have a brother-in-law, but he was a lender, spent many years in a bank as a lender. And then he went to real estate. And he was just a guy who's honest as all get out, wanted to take care of people more than anything. And he got to be, not I shouldn't say known, but known, known amongst his peers at least, for oftentimes he would get into people's finances. Hey, what are you doing? Let's look at what you've got. Where can you qualify for? Of course, every realtor's got a realtor and lender have to do that. What can you qualify for? Generally in our culture, whatever you can qualify for, that's what we're trying to buy up to right there. But now he's seeing that, okay, they can qualify for X, Y, Z, but he's seeing some financial stuff back here that doesn't give him a whole lot of security. So he got known for talking people down. 
uh, saying, look, I know you could buy that house. I know my commission would be bigger, but man, looking at what's happening with your finances. So he became a financial coach amongst that. And he just uh, became renowned for that. The repeat and referral business that he got from that because people right off the bat got, got the feeling of, oh my gosh, you, you are here for my best interest. There's no doubt about it because you're sitting here trying to talk me out of where you would make, get you know, a higher commission. And they wanted him to meet the next person and their family members and whatnot just by being that authentic, honest person who was obviously looking out for people's uh, interest. And I have found that in my in, in so many different businesses. I know you have, Tom, where, man, you start talking, trying to talk somebody out of it. And generally, of course, the interesting psychology of that is they start trying to talk you into buy the, the sale themselves, <laughs> which that, that could be used poorly as well, but hopefully it's not. Yeah. You know, I love that. I love that approach. Uh, that happens in our own business. Sometimes we you know, we have a whole spectrum of, of things that we can do to help somebody on their journey. Yeah. And a lot of times we will, we will recommend something that is a lower investment. Yeah. Uh, it takes less money, takes less time because it's what they really need at that moment, even though they're more than, than ready to really stretch outside of where they should and do something they're not quite ready for. Uh, but we say, wait, 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 this is a long-term relationship. Yeah. We can, we can work with you. We can help you. This is going to get you to that next level. Let's start here. Well, let me ask you about that because interestingly, our next person who commented here is Mr. Howard Partridge. Um, and folks, if you haven't heard Howard, of course, he's been on the show plenty of times, uh, but he is Ziegler's exclusive business coach. So, uh, you, the two of you put on the boot camps, the business boot camps. Uh, he's got the inner circle. Uh, you do your own you know, executive coaching. So in that he, and in his response or to it was, he says, what knowing whether you have the ability to solve their problems and how much they want you to help them solve the problem. I thought that was an interesting perspective. I'll let you comment on that. But you know, I wonder when you look at, well, you can answer it for yourself, Tom. I mean, you're doing executive coaching as well. How do you deal with that? With what he, he said there, can you knowing can you solve their problem? How much do they want you to help them solve the problem? Right. And what, what I do, and, and this is just a real simple approach as well, is we understand where that person is right now. And this can be in anything. They could be buying a car. They could be wanting to improve their life. They might be at a gym trying to buy a membership. You know, what do I do? And so you ask them where they are. How, do you, how are you feeling? What's keeping you up at night? What, what's the pain? What's... You know, if you could change anything, what would it be? And then you ask them the next question. Okay, where do you want to go? What is it that you want to accomplish? Why do you want that car? Why is it that you want to join the gym? And they'll start telling you. They'll start giving you feedback on, well, you know, I've been, you know, I've, I've just been feeling kind of sluggish. I want to improve my health. I know that'll be good for my family. Well, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And so a great, a great question in that regard is, would you like some help with that? Yeah. And when they say yes, then that gives you permission to go forward on that. Uh, so whatever the, whatever the sales situation is, that understanding what we call the why behind the why. I was, I was uh, working with a client, a big corporate client, and they were investing in some sales training. And I said, if the sales training works, what does that mean to you? Mm -hmm. And they said, well... If it works, that means we'll hit our goals and we'll all be eligible to receive our commission and our bonuses. And I said, well, why is that important? And he said, well, if that means that if, if we do this well this year, we'll apply it next year. 
we'll do it again. And I said, why is that important? He says, well, if we do this two years in a row, then I'll have enough money to pay off my house. Hmm. And I said, well, why is that important? And he said, well, if I can pay off my house, then I can start building my lake house. There you go. And I said, well, why is that important? And this is the question that changed, right? His whole demeanor changed, his smile, his face, his body language. He kind of leaned in and he kind of had that smile and his eyes were looking off a thousand yard stare. And he said, oh, when the lake house is done, then my grandkids will come and play. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. And so the question, the question wasn't, hey, do you need help increasing your sales? The real question was, hey, would you like some help on having a place to play with your grandkids? Yeah. See, that was the driver behind it all. But you got to ask those questions. Yeah. And how power, imagine the sales, imagine being a prospective salesperson and you're being vetted uh, by somebody who's checking out other salesperson. You're the one person who figured that out. Um, that's, that's, that's the goal. Hey, this is an interesting one, Tom, uh, Abby cook. She said, well, initially she says she wants to know, do you, do they have a problem that needs to be solved or a gap that needs to be filled? And I just asked her on Facebook, didn't know who she was. What's your specific product or service? She says, I work for Franklin Covey. Uh, so folks who don't know Frank, uh, Franklin Covey, that's uh, Stephen Covey, uh, in his book, the seven habits of highly effective people. If you type in Stephen Covey and Zig Ziglar, you'll find them on somewhere around 3000 lists together of influential people. Yeah. Yeah. So she said, we partner with organizations to enable greatness. We can do consulting work and strategy execution, provide intellectual property and learning and development or build custom learning journeys for organizations. We're best known for the seven habits of highly effective people, but have resources for organizations digitally, digitally on our all access pass. And I just wrote back and said, Hey, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. And she said, it's the first time I've ever worked for an organization that practices what they preach. Uh, I just appreciated that from fellow peers in the legacy making of personal development. Um, sweet to see that. And yeah, I've been blessed by many of their products and services as well. Yeah. yeah solid, solid information. In fact, I got to go and visit uh, their headquarters many years ago. Oh. Just a, just a dynamic organization, uh, good material. And it's because think about it. The reason they've been successful for so long at such a high level is it's based on principles and values. They start with what matters most. Yeah. And that's the key. So when you look at, and of course we're big on habit and, and the things that, that go in that place. But one of the habits of successful salespeople is they seek to understand the needs of whoever they're serving. Right. So that's just a fantastic yeah. habit is you understand what it is that they're needing when they, when they walk in and you seek to serve that. Yeah. You are listening to The Ziegler Show in this episode on asking the right questions for successful sales and sales with integrity. And again, sales is influence. We all want to influence. Well, next we hear from a financial coach who also confirms the value of getting to the why of his customer. We'll jump right back in after hearing some great products and services. Here, Wayne Myers, he says, this is a toughie. When you can tell, he says, when, when I can tell when they're sick and tired of being sick and tired, when they have that sort of driven determination to change where they are and burn the bridges behind them. As a financial coach, I talk with a lot of people that have lost hope and are worried and scared. They ask a lot of questions about how, and they haven't really defined why. They allow their circumstances and the world to define for them what success looks like, buying stuff they don't need or wanting to impress people they don't even know or like. 
A lot of times the situation and stories are tough and you have to dig asking the five whys. just, just relating what you talked about, Tom. I like to get them to start dreaming again and thinking about the future. What ifs, what would it look like? I mean that right there, as far as a sales, uh, tactic, if somebody, if everybody listening walked away with one, obviously we're talking about questions, but needs analysis, but going deeper, even that, what you said, Tom, it's just why, just asking why, why do you want X, Y, Z? If somebody says, why do I want a Porsche? If I wanted that, what they're not going to hear me go, Oh, because I want this style of, you know, European production with this much horsepower that'll go around a curve at this. I'm not going to say that I'm doing it to impress people, or it's always been a dream of mine, or I really want the, the achievement of having a car that sets whatever there's a deeper why than the the specifics of that car, which is why we don't ever see a Porsche ad or any of that that talks about the exact horsepower and cornering ratio and, and yada, yada. That's not why people are buying it. It's that why, but man, I, I can't remember the last time I bought something where somebody asked me that Tom. I mean, I just can't it's here. We are talking about it. Tens of thousands of people will hear about it, man. I hope that 10% of you guys will take that on just the why. And I don't know. I think we're just not taught. Well, we're not getting the right training. I just had a flashback. I was uh, in high school uh, selling shoes at the athlete's foot way back in the day. So we're talking 40 years ago, more than 40 years ago. That's a long time ago. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, but there was a big craze that went on. It was the parachute pant. Oh, yeah. You remember parachute <laughs> Absolutely. pants? Absolutely. And don't, I'm sure I didn't wear any, but I remember them. Yeah. I know. And so I'm at the store, and that was the big craze. And this this guy comes in, and he was looking at the clothes, and he pulls up these parachute pants, and he says, uh, "You know, these are on sale." And I said, "Yeah, you want to try them on?" He tries them on. He comes out. He goes, "Man, these are great, but they're just a little too long. The hem is too long. I have to get them." And then I go, "Okay, so you want to go ahead and take them?" And he said, "Well, no, I've, I'm, I'm, you know, I I need to wear them tonight." And I don't have time to get them hemmed. And I go, okay, I understand. I just had a question. I said, uh, so why did you want the parachute pants? And he said, oh, well, you know, my group of friends and I, we go out and we go to different things. And uh, this is just kind of in style. I think it'll look good. And I was hoping to get them. And I go, well, that's fantastic. So now I know why, right? I said, so is this the only time this year you're going to go out? And he goes, no, it's not. And I go, well, don't you want to wear them next week? <laughs> and I just never will look at his, I never forget to look at his face. He kind of looked up and he said, you know what? You're right. I'm going to wear these all the time. But I couldn't have asked that in, in a retail sales situation. It's a little bit different, right? Because yeah. it's usually quick and transactional. Yeah. But all I'll ask is, why do you want to wear it? And that led me to the next question of, well, is this the only time you're going to go out this week, you know, this year? Yeah. So that why is key. The why. Uh, and you know what? It's, um, you know, it's a Howard had said earlier, it's, it's about solving the problem. Yeah. And this is one of my favorite rabbi, uh, Daniel Lappin quotes. When you, when you solve a problem, you're often rewarded with a certificate of appreciation. We call that money. Yep. And the more problems you solve, the more certificates you get. Now, this is what's cool. So this is a great idea for, from a mindset, from a sales perspective. Rabbi Lappin said this. He said, God is never happier with his children than when they're solving the problems of his other children. Hmm. 
And so if you're in sales and, and some people are really torn, right? They have this emotional battle that goes in, Hey, I'm in sales and I don't want to go in and I don't want to force the sale. I don't want to, I don't want to encourage somebody to do something that's not in their best interest. And so the way you fix that is you get focused on what problems do they have and whatever pops up, that's what you seek to help them solve. Okay. I got one for you right on that same topic there, Tom, uh, John Henderson. He says, what issues do you have with your current suppliers? Some form of this question works across the board. Realtors, authors, electricians, lawyers, etc., all should know the answer to this question. Everyone is competing and the trick to winning is to serve better. To answer that question shows you exactly how to serve better. Right after that, Anka, she says, what would be, in your opinion, a wow ingredient of such a service or product? I think that is great as well. Let's take, let's go back to the realtor and who's got a prospect to say, look, if you bought a house in the past and, and if they have to say, what did you like and not like about the process and about your realtor? Such a simple question that that's not malicious. Oh, gosh, what did you appreciate? What did you not for you, Tom, to say, Hey, have you ever had an executive coach before? What did you like? What did you not like? Whatever they didn't. I mean, that, that, yeah, I don't know if anything's more telling than that one. That's a good one. Uh, I can remember. I'm gosh, I'm just getting all these zig stories. Yeah, uh, this is one of my favorites. We were we were calling on we were in Brooklyn, New York, right? We were in Brooklyn and myself and Michael Norton were calling on a casket company. And so I want you to you know, this is uh we go into this this building and it's like twenty feet wide and four stories and the grandmother of the founder of the company lived on the top floor. Oh wow. And we walk in and there's all these caskets. Okay. So they got a showroom on the first floor and then you walk into the basement and they've got the conference room table. And this is where they've got all the caskets set up and we walk in and it's an Italian family. So I want you to think of a casket making company and the family members run it. And there's seven Italian guys dressed up like they're in the funeral home business. It sounds like a movie plot, Tom. So we walk in, there's seven Italian guys. They're all very large uh, men and they've got on black suits and black ties and they have a sit down. And so the meeting started, I'll just never forget it. We're surrounded by caskets in a basement in this situation. And they say, look, we got a challenge and our challenge is this. Our, our industry is we sell to family operated funeral homes. And when we go there, those family-operated funeral homes are generational. Their great-great-grandparents started it, then their great-grandparents ran it, then their grandparents and their parents, and now they're in it. And so we go in and we say, hey, you know, we'd love to do business with you. Can we show you our caskets? And what the owner will say, the operator, is they'll say something like this. You know, I've heard a lot about your caskets, and I know it's a good product, but we have been buying from the same casket mm. company for five generations. Wow. And so we have a lot of loyalty and you know what? We're just real happy to stay with where we are. And so their question was, how can we get into and make a sale into that company? Yeah. So here's the question. You've got to ask the why question. And this is what we taught them. So when you walk in, just say, hey, I'm from so-and-so group, and I know uh, a lot about your organization. We'd love to do business with you. And But before I ask you a question, 
Can I ask you a foundational question? Why are you guys in the funeral home business? Hmm. And without fail, the people in this industry, the family owned runs that, that we, we came across, they all say the same thing. Oh, you know, we've been doing this for generations. We feel like our family can serve our community in such a great time of need. We know everybody who lives around here. And even though it's very difficult, uh, we consider it an honor and a privilege to serve those, our neighbors who we love in their greatest time of need. Yeah. And, and so in this industry, there was this great deal of love and respect for their neighbors. And so this is the follow-up question. Well, I know, I know you've been doing this a long time. If we could show you a product that would serve your customer better than anything you have now, would you be interested in it? Got to say yes to that one. They have to say yes. And the reason is, is because they've expressed to you the real reason they're in the business yeah. to serve their clients. And so this is a great why question. And it's kind of like that wow question. You know, what would wow service look like? What would a wow solution look like? Well, when somebody's very loyal and loyalty is a fantastic thing, we, we encourage that. But who are they really loyal to? Mm. They should be loyal to the customers they serve. And so that's all that that question does is it draws that out. It's just, I mean, these are sales. One, and, and my goodness, if there's anyone listening to this show, anytime we talk about sales, secrets of closing the sale, uh, got to be at the top of the list, if not number one of sales classics of all time. I mean, it just flat is. This is the, that's the book that was on tape that Seth Godin talks about listening to like 72 times and it wore out. Yeah. He had to buy another set of tapes uh, back then. And now folks, your tape will last forever because it's digital. So <laughs> go to Ziggler.com, check out the story and get that book. It is, it is and always will be a classic. You know, uh, and uh, just a little bit ago, you mentioned uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin and him saying money is a certificate of appreciation. When you say that, people often it catches their ear. Money is a certificate of appreciation. If you want to hear about that, uh, it was show 342 that Tom and I interviewed him together. Uh, it's been a while ago, but 342, and you can find the interview that we did with him. His primary book is, is Thou Shall Prosper. Wasn't that, I think that one came out of that one. I mean, yeah, Thou Shall Prosper. He's written Business Secrets of the yeah. Bible. He's, he's yeah. written a lot of great books. And here's another uh, quote that I just heard from him that, that kind of falls in this vein. And it, it says that the, the, um, the opposite of depression is not happiness, the opposite of depression is purpose yeah. and purpose and why go hand in hand. And yeah. so a satisfied customer is somebody who the feeling they, they buy it, they get excited, they love it. But even as time goes on, they feel better and better about it. Why? Because whatever they purchased, it aligns with their why, their, their own purpose, what they're trying to accomplish. And so if we, if we rely, if, if we are there to serve them in the pursuit of their purpose and their why, the relationship's going to go on and on. If we're there to try to create a void, which we can fill with a, with a short-term happiness fix, then that's going to wear off. And in fact, it can turn negative on you. We, we may need to have him back on. That quote alone is, uh, I've got a lot of 
angst around where we are culturally with depression, suicide, uh, those, those types of things. And I absolutely believe that the solution or, or the cause is a lack of purpose. Uh, as just culturally, we're seeing, you know, we're spectating more than we're actually living something and the apathy and depression. We might need to talk with, uh, with him again. Dan Miller gave a quote here, son of a gun. I mean, that's, that's my dad, folks, Dan Miller, author of 48 days to the work you love. And he said, listen, this is interesting. I had to think about this, his question. And he's doing coaching clients primarily is what, how he responded. How is your life different today from what it was three years ago. And my first thought was, wait, wait, that's the opposite direction we're going. I, my thought would be to ask him, how do you want your life to be different three years from now? That's what I want to hear. But then I thought about it. I thought, oh my goodness, for them to tell, how is your life different from where it was three years ago? I could see him asking that question because they said it's not at all. He's going to question whether or not they are the aspiring type of person that he can really help. If they talk about things they've tried, things they've done, even a failure, but things that they're trying to progress towards, that tells them that they are that type. I'm going to use that word aspiring person. But if they've said, man, I've done nothing, that would have helped me in some of my, I talked about this actually when you were off the call, when your power went off, Tom, and I was just talking with the Facebook crowd. Uh, in some of my past consulting, I, I missed the mark. I, I, I'll never forget a couple guys that if I had asked that question, it would have shown me that this is, this is not the type of person for me. Now I'm very clear on who I do work well and who I don't work well with. And I can't be all things, all people just like you. And there are some people and I am not a good coach or consultant for you because of X, Y, Z. It doesn't mean you're wrong or I'm wrong, but we're just not a good fit. So I thought that was really interesting. How is your life different today from what it was three years ago for those again, coaches, consultants, pretty telling. And you may be, you may want the person that says I've done nothing. That may be, that may be your calling is to work with them and they spark something in them for the first time. That's beautiful too. Either way, you need to know how you work. That, that question is beautiful because it, it, it reveals two things. Okay. So the first one is as a coach, you know, I believe this, we, the way you have a happy customer is you find out what the need is. You let them know how you can help them solve that problem, fill that need. And then you, then you set their expectations. Hey, this is how we do it. And then you go about exceeding their expectations all the way through. So as a coach, if, if you ask that question and they say, well, you know what? My life is the same. There's nothing that's really happened or changed. That tells you who you're dealing with. So you can set expectations. You can say, Kevin, look, you know what? I'm committed to working with people who are committed. Mm-hmm. Are you going to commit? Are you going to take action? You know, this is, this is going to be an investment of more than just time, right? It's going to be money. It's going to be resources. It's going to be thinking. You're going to have to be willing to change. Are you ready? Are you committed to that? So if I can then build in your, your expectations that this is going to take some effort, then you're going to say yes. Yeah. Or it also reveals this. Uh, so you, So they tell you all along in the conversation, man, this sounds good. I want to work with you. And then you show them what the investment is and they say, whoa, you know, I wasn't thinking that I was thinking this. So, no, this is this is what we do. And they say, OK, well, I'm, I don't I'm not going to do anything. I can do this on my own. Yeah. So when somebody says I can do this on my own, then you can say, well, help me understand what's different now when you haven't made any changes in the last three years. Yeah. Right. So a lot of times. Uh, people always say, well, I'll do it when I'll do it when I'll do it when. And so at Ziegler, uh, I'll just, I'll just give you something just straight up. 
we'll coach somebody and then they'll say, Hey, you know what? I think we've been working together for a couple of years. I think it's time for me to, you know, to back out of the coaching. I say, fantastic. Who's your next coach? Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is I believe so much in coaching that if we're done on our role, that's okay. I want to, can I help you find your next coach? Who is it going to be? Because if you're constantly learning and growing and applying, then you're raising the, the bar and you're getting the benefit from it. So we don't stop because, you know, it's the, it's the time period. We, we, we change and we grow into somebody who can help us go to that next level. And that's what we want. And we all know that, right? We have whatever industry it is. Sometimes you just, you need a little fresh ear or a fresh voice in your ear to get that going. And uh, this is the Ziggler show. So I'm fine with being shameless in promoting Ziggler uh, for everybody listening to the podcast, listening on Facebook right now, if they'll go to Ziggler.com, where can they, I, I know there's a, a way to contact you guys. Cause that's part of what you do to say, look, here's where let them tell you what's happening. What is a good product or service for them based on where they're at, where they want to go based on their finances. Uh, how, what's the best way to connect? You know, there's, at Ziggler.com, there's some gifts. There's some there's some there's some things that you can get from us. Uh, there's a way to set an appointment. So really, anywhere on the site, you'll okay. be able to find it. Okay, um, there are. Uh, I know we're getting long in the show here, and there, there's a, a good number of responses, and there are a lot in the coaching, consulting, and I'm going to say you know pr- providing those professional services. I want to give a little bit of content, Tom. I know we have a lot of people who are in the service industry. And we have a lot of people with products. Uh, I want to take a minute to talk through a couple of the ways to ask these uh, needs analysis type questions, the why questions in those. So if we take the service industry, which my goodness, we've had, I, I don't have the show number in front of me, but Dina Dwyer Owens, and she was the CEO and then chairman of uh, the initial what, was it? what were the initial? It was Values Inc., I think, and now it's Neighborly. Is that right? Have they changed again? Right. Billion, multi-billion dollar company. But she wrote a book called Values Inc. We've had her on the show, I think, twice. And they are a uh, how do, how do you a parent company, umbrella company, over a bunch of franchises. Yeah, they're a master franchise organization, master. and they have different franchise companies underneath it. Okay, so they've got tons of franchises, so many franchisees under that. But they've got places. I'm just going to whip some off if you if you know if I'm doing it wrong. But uh, carpet cleaning and window cleaning and. Uh, Gosh, what, what type, what's a lawn care? Um, Roto-Rooter, Mr. Electric, I think, are there you some go. of their brands. Okay, so let's talk to those folks. Those folks right there. I mean, I, I'm the homeowner. I end up calling those people. I've called in the past year. Let's say I had somebody come up. We have our own septic field. I live up in the National Forest. So we've got big septic tanks, and I needed those taken care of. Uh, gosh, I've had people come in, you know, to repair something on the house. I've had my windows clean. Generally, I'll call somebody. I'll look and just hopefully get a referral, but I'll look. I'll call and say, hey, this is what I need, and they'll just give me a quote. That's that's it. I don't think I've ever had anybody that I can remember figure out what do you really need. Oh, my gosh, I had a rental house that got near destroyed, and I had people come out and help with that. Never did they ask what's really at the root of it. And I had, I wanted to get rid of the thing. I'm trying to save my sanity and for somebody to commiserate with that, they'd, I, I would still know who they are. Unfortunately, I don't. They just came in, did their job. They're gone. So service industry, Tom. Yeah. And, and this is one of the things that we teach with our business owners is you've got to have a, 
a very strong, powerful, and easy to remember mission statement. And so one of the mission statements that we teach is why don't you do this? Why don't you make your mission to provide the most phenomenal, whatever industry you're in, you know, electrical, uh, yard, uh, HVAC uh, experience possible. Okay, so now everybody in your whole business is is geared up around providing the most phenomenal, I'll just use HVAC, HVAC, heating and air experience possible. So that's now the mindset of, of your the person on the phone who's taking the appointment, the marketing team, the technician who comes into the house, the person who's looking around. And so if that's their mindset, the questions totally change from, hey, I'm here today for, you know, the annual checkup to, hey, you know, tell me what's going on. Is the house cooling and heating in all appropriate spaces? How's your electric bill doing? Are you happy with that? And and so you start asking questions that are experience oriented versus transactional. You know, you've probably heard that statement of uh, somebody says, hey, I don't remember what you said, but I remember how you made me feel. Absolutely. Yeah. And so if our mission is that higher level mission of we want to provide the most phenomenal experience, the customer can ask almost any question. Yeah. And a technician, whether they're brand new or been doing it for decades, if their goal is to provide the most phenomenal experience possible, then that gives them a lot of ability to address those things. Yeah. Right. To to meet that need and to handle that question. So they might not know how to handle a specific question, but then they think, oh. Well, what would be a phenomenal experience? And just one of the examples, there was a, uh, a yard company that had that mission. And one of the guys was mowing and he ran over a hose and, and cut the hose. And so what they did for the homeowner is they went down to, you know, the, the Home Depot and they, yeah. they bought a brand new replacement hose. And they put a note on it and they rang the doorbell because the homeowner wasn't there. And the note just said, hey. Uh, we accidentally uh, tore up your hose. We left it there so you can see it, but we bought a new one, same hose for you to use, right? And so what they did is inst- instead of causing a problem where the homeowner has to go and replace it themselves, they just did it, Yeah. right? They didn't have to call the owner of the business and say, hey, are you okay with this? Because they were already empowered. They knew that uh, that, that was what they had to do as a business. No. Yeah. And there are so many good services. I talked about it in a show not long ago, company that I worked with, they did do uh, window cleaning and some painting and deck repair. And they did a, they did too many things. That was part of why I was, I was working with them is to help them narrow down a little bit, but they realized that one of the primary pain points, think about this uh, folks who are in service industries, one of the primary pain points for their customers was just the hassle of dealing with it. The hassle of having to make an appointment and be there while they came and did their thing and the time wasted. People talk about that. We all know that's a common joke is how much time we spend waiting for somebody to come out and perform something on our house. So they address that pain point with a guarantee uh, that said, if we are not there within five minutes, give or take, you know, above or, or below the time we said we were, we'll be there. We'll take 5% off your bill, man. You got me. I mean, that's the joke, isn't it? The, it's like the, the cable or, or the you know internet companies right now. It's always like that. Well, it's a window between eight to 12. 
So I'm going to shoot right. a day or at least half a day minimum. That often leads me, if, it, if it's something else, especially to do with my home, to just putting it off. I'll put right. something off for months until it's destroyed because I just don't want to waste my time. I, there's a pain point to address and stand above the crowd in a massive way. So many opportunities there. I know. And here's for everybody listening. This is a great uh, thought process for you to go through. Whatever business you're in, whatever you're selling, just ask yourself this question. What is the number one and, you know, what are the top two complaints Mm -hmm. of your industry? Mm -hmm. And then as a salesperson, know that in your head and say, hey, I'm going to be number one and and not having that. I'm going to solve that. I'm going to deliver a phenomenal experience in that area. We were doing a workshop and this lady raises her hand and she said, she said, how do I differentiate my business? And her business was like a fast sign company. So they were a printing company and their specialty was those quick signs that you, that companies will, will, will make for, you know, sales and, you know, special events and things like that. She said, there are seven other businesses just like me within a mile. How do I set myself apart? And Howard, just ask her, well, what's the number one complaint that people have when they do business with a company like yours? And she said, oh, that's easy. Nobody answers the phone. And why is that? They're sole proprietorships usually, and the operator is back making the sign while the phone's ringing, and they wait until that's done to go return the call. And so the example that Howard said was, you know, your marketing line should be as we answered the phone on the first ring. Hmm. Just wear a headset while you're doing your work. So what does that mean? It means that we are here to serve and understand what it is that makes a potential customer reluctant to do business with you. Yeah. And so when you know what those big why, you know, those big concerns are up front and you meet and you in your purpose is to serve the why, the purpose, then that puts you ahead of the game. Yep. Well, let's hit products real quick before we end, Tom. Uh, on that. Now you gave us a great example of the the pants, you know, just finding out why, but on the products, we generally have, you know, something to, to sell. Here are a set of headphones that you want because you want to, you know, hear without noise blaring or whatever your, your reason. Well, actually I got these, they're noise canceling headphones. That's why I got those things. So that's what I went looking for. But, you know, asking some of those questions of, do you really need this? You know, which one of our options, you know, do you, do you really need, uh, why do you need it back to that? What is the purpose of the event? You just asked that what's the guy you're going to use the pants for. And such a simple question that we seldom do that could often change the outcome of you serving what they need. Just to ask, what is, why do you need that? And also to have that in mind is, is your product the best for them? And I remember some of the old, some of my old sales, uh, books and, and trainings that I did early on talked about they always held up uh, some places like Nordstrom's was often in there Nordstrom's where you go you're going to pay high price but you're going to get high service and they became known also for recommending something else at another store if they didn't have it or they felt like it wasn't the right fit for you they would do that so you knew you were going to get taken care of that's unheard of you're really going to send business away but if you're there for the client's best interest with that you that will get around that will get around. There's people, Tom, I'm sure it's happened to you. There's people where I have uh, uh, dissuaded, is that the right word, from my product or service that were so grateful for my honesty in that that they referred me two or three people 
So I made three or four times what I would have made just from their sale by turning them away. That thing, that, that's again, we're back to selling as a transference of feeling, which Zig Ziglar famously said. Absolutely. You know, one of our, one of the hallmarks of our top salespeople is when they, they believe there's a concept and it's called account ownership. Mm. So they take total responsibility and ownership for that relationship. They own it. And one of the things that they like to be known as is, hey, I'm the problem solver. And so they'll tell their client in the context they have, they say, look, this is what we do at Ziggler. I mean, this is, this is the type of training we do, this is the type of coaching we do, these are the services that we provide. And there's a lot of things that are, that are kind of in our field, but not really our specialty. But whatever it is, we want you to ask us first because we can connect you with the best out there to go and do it. Hmm. Well, Tom, I think that was a good sales class. Uh, and folks, listen, I hope that you did. You know, if, if you uh, really feel like you've heard this and you're struggling to figure out some of these questions, how they can relate to your product or service, um, you know, you can post them on the Ziggler page. Uh, my, I posted this question, I think, on Wednesday the 20th. Uh, May 20th. And you can find the question on my page at Agent K Miller and, and post down there. But hopefully product, service, whatever you're doing, you found some keys. This again, you know, go get secrets of closing the sale. I mean, one of the primary uh, sales resources out there or go to Ziggler.com. And there's a lot of things happening there where you can get from executive coaching with Tom directly to attending events, uh, the business boot camps that you do with Howard, Howard's inner circle, lots of resources on selling there. And if they don't have what you need, they'll send you somewhere else. How's that? Uh, to find what fits. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. All right, folks. Thanks. The Facebook crowd. Thanks for being there. And uh, as always, thanks for everybody who gave such insightful uh, comments to the question that allows us to make such a rich show. Tom, always a pleasure, brother. Thank you, brother. Well, there you go, folks. Some key counsel and strategy for how to serve and filter your sales prospects and everyone you desire to influence in your life. How to serve them well by asking questions, getting to, as you heard, the why. Well, coming up in episode 789, the success strategy of kindness. I mean, for your success strategy strategies, what tools or weapons will you choose? Grit, willpower, talent, perseverance? Well, I've got a national correspondent for ABC News who had all of those, but she cites her most beneficial asset as being kind. And you probably think of being kind as, you know, the nice thing to do. Well, that may be the least value it has. Adrian Bankert credits kindness for her rapid career trajectory that took her from a traffic anchor at a local news station to the coveted role of national correspondent for ABC News. In her new book, Your Hidden Superpower, the kindness that makes you unbeatable at work and connects you with anyone, she outlines the continual opportunities and promotion, promotions which time and time again were bestowed upon her because of her devotion to being kind to everyone at all times. Not an easy prospect, as you're going to hear. Uh, and this show is going to give you a far different perspective on being kind, which is not always being nice. She makes that differentiation. Adrian's an Emmy award winning journalist known for her compelling interviews. 
She was the pop news anchor for the weekend edition of Good Morning America, and she's now a New York-based national correspondent for ABC News. Just type her name into your search engine, hit news. You'll generally find her national coverage uh, all over the place within the past 48 hours. I think you are going to get so much out of the show, and it was also just a great, fun conversation. Till then, folks, thank you, as always, for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. <laughs>